My name is Lolo DePuzzolo, and this is Media Delta. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Media Delta. Um, so we have an episode that was kind of... This one is not video game related. Oh, this one is one that we are doing uh, because the kind viewers... Uh, particularly, I mean, I know some of you who watch media delta or listen to media delta probably are also people who watch stuff like retro and crapsody um i don't this is a episode that was brought to us uh by uh donors to the retro and relief drive and we are taking a look at fern gully the last fa- uh the last rainforest today uh which is a 1992 animated movie um that is actually based on a book by Diana Young um, that, you know, I, I don't remember the book of this at all. I just remember the movie because this was a movie that was like a lot of people saw, even though this is one that at least I remember mostly from people having it on VHS. And I remember watching when I was a kid and it's just a movie that's kind of gotten a little bit of notoriety, especially when James Cameron remade it as Avatar. Um, but, but yes, uh, it is, uh, it is a movie that is, it's, it's a movie that is trying to give off a environmental lesson. Uh, it is very it's much like about the 90s level of incredibly clumsy and kind of dog shit environmental message. Yeah. Um, so also, it's it's there's not enough fucking for Avatar to truly. It, Avatar has too much fucking to be Fern Gully. It's fine. This this is also true. All the fucking in Fern Gully is insinuated. Yes. No. No. It's just it's just a kiss and it's a tragedy. I it, there's other stuff we'll get into that. Uh so uh as you Don't heard talk about I, sucking mama's milk. Uh as as you can hear, I'm not the only one who watched this. So please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Max. And I'm here for some of that, oh, ah, oh, toxic love. <laughs> D- DM? <laughs> DM? I am, <laughs> oh. I'm of course, Deathmaster780. That's it. Uh, I'm Torpid Typist, and I'm a thirsty little flower, and you have to water me. <laughs> All right, um, let's 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 <laughs> let's just you know let's just get into it and let's discuss. Um, let's discuss the what we all thought of this movie. Axe, what do you think? <laughs> all right, so judging by what I just heard, I guess I'm going to be in the minority here. I like it. I liked it when I was a kid. I watched it all the time. It is one of the many 90s films that was in rotation in my house, like um, Land Before Time, Fox and the Hound. And then you had this. And also um, the, uh, that crossover with all the cartoon characters and drugs and stuff. All-Stars cartoon? to the Rescue. Yes, Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue, yes. Which that so, should be something we take a look at someday. We need, we need to watch that. But... This was, like I said, this was one of those films that we would just, we would have on. And, you know, our family really liked it. And rewatching it, you know, it, it is clumsy. 
Um, but at the same time, I like it because it's not too pretentious and it's not too preachy. Um, it's a little saccharine at times, but... I, okay, I, I disagree with the ending, actually. Proof that it is preachy and that he should never be near the forest ever again, but to go back to it. But I mean, the, the ending is just him walking up and saying, hey, we gotta change things. And, like, that's, that's it. No, it he doesn't even go any... says that he can never go to the forest ever again. Did he? I don't remember that. He also doesn't fuck the fairy because he's a coward. Well, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, you know, agreed. Agree on Hong. But I don't know, like, for what it does, it's, it's nicely animated. Um, and honestly, most of the songs are pretty good. Uh... My biggest gripe, and we did mention this pre-show, uh, Torpid, you brought it up, um, and I agree, is that um, the biggest character in, in it gets very little screen time and doesn't actually interact with too many people, and that's Tim Curry as Hexus. Um, yeah, he talks around people at best, but nobody actually really interacts with him, and he never interacts with them like in terms of like dialogue or talking to them. He just talks at them or around them, and it's kind of a shame. Yeah, the only character fucking Curry, the master of ham. Yeah, like the only characters Hexus actually interacts with directly are the two um, machine operators, and that's only just him leaning over the front screen and yelling at them to keep the machine moving. Um, and like, you know, this is Tim Curry doing Tim Curry shit. Like he's just eating up every scene, but he doesn't get many scenes. Uh, he appears about halfway through the movie. And then gets maybe three or four scenes, and then that's it. And it's, it's a little disappointing, because first of all, you got Tim Curry. You should use them as much as possible. And secondly, you know, plot-wise, it doesn't have that impact that is needed to really, like, there's not a, a real deep sense of danger during those scenes. It's like, oh, he's there, and they've got to stop the machine. Oh, they stopped the machine. Oh, they stopped Hexus. And then it's over. It's and the movie's an hour eighteen minutes. It is fucking short. It is, yeah, but, but I don't feel like it. It fully used that time wisely. The pacing wisely. is really weird. The pacing yeah, it doesn't use its really time weird. wisely. Yeah, it's. I was because I'm like, oh, hey, this is like a lot shorter than stuff we normally have watched. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting that it's like, oh, this movie feels like it's actually like I. It felt like a normal length movie. Like it didn't feel. Like it wasn't one of those movies that's like, oh, this just feels like it's taking forever. It just this feels like a longer movie than it is. Uh, also, I do want to say we we don't get enough Tim Curry, but we also do get uh, basically not a whole lot of Robin Williams, but we do get to hear him rap, and it is terrible. Yeah, it's not it as bad as awful. I remember it. It's it's bad, it's but it's so bad. I th- I thought it was a lot worse, but it's it's not as bad as I remembered it. Um. But yeah, and, and that's an actual fact. That's the first time I've heard Robin Williams' voice since he passed away, because I've avoided all media with him in it because of it. So that was interesting. Um, but um, yeah, going back to my other point, um, the, it's, it's, it's an environmental film. It's all about, you know, saving the rainforest and trying to, you know, live, coexist with the planet. And I think there's only like one scene that feels a little too pushy, and that's when Zach carves Krista's name into the tree and she, you know, kind of chides him on, you know, not doing that and feeling the the pain the tree feels. And well, it's it's a little a little pushy. I was the... gonna say, like, Krista, let me tell you how bark works, and that that is basically all dead skin and the only thing that matters is the heartwood. Yeah. But yeah. other than that, for the most part, I think it's 
presents a message in a very engaging way. I I liked it. You know, it's, it was hard to disagree with some of the film's points. You know, like, you know, we destroy the rainforest, what's left, you know? Yeah, and it's... Yeah. God. No, I was going to say, and, like, they bring up the fact that trees basically give oxygen and help oxygenate the planet and provide shelter for things. So it's like, it got some pretty valid points. The great Australian rainforests. Yeah. Uh, actually, and that's something that I, I didn't realize until, until I literally just saw it on Wikipedia. Um, they mentioned Mount Warning uh, in this movie uh, specifically, which I thought, I thought that was just a, because it starts out with um, Chris, the main character, like saying, I was like, oh, what's all this stuff outside? And like, I thought that Mount Warning was just a name that they, it was just like a generic name that they gave to something like, oh, this is what the people who just name like just live in that region called it. Uh, yeah, the Mount Warning, name. yeah, Mount Warning is an actual mountain in South Wales, Australia. Um, there's a Wales uh, in Australia too. Oh, damn. Yeah, there's the South Wales. Actually, uh, New South, New South Wales. Excuse yeah. me. Uh, but, also, um, those cassowaries weren't nearly murderous enough. Yeah. But you know, again, like it's well, well animated. Uh, the voice acting's fantastic. You know, it's not all super great, but like even the worst parts of it are actually enjoyable. Um, you've got Robin Williams, you've got Tim Curry, you got Tone Loke doing a yes. war song. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, they kind of pulled out some of the stops for this. Uh, uh, also, uh, also, Cheech and Chong are in this? They are, yes. I was, I was surprised to read that. I, was, I couldn't pick them out. Uh, they are some of the... You remember the kind of... The people who... The people that were on the... Um, the like, the little beetle things, like the kind of the crew that was oh, with... Yeah, yeah. Um, What's his name's uh, crew? I forgot the yeah, guy's Pip. name. There's like a uh, Pips. Pips, yeah. Uh, yeah, his yeah. crew. Yes. Um, Stump and Root, which I definitely, I could uh, definitely, uh, I could definitely uh, pick out uh, Tommy Chong because of still having Blazing Dragons in the back of my head. <laughs> I think there was. Whichever one of the two was in that game. I think that was Cheech. I think that might have been Cheech. Pretty sure it was Cheech that was in Blazing Dragons. But um, that being said, uh, you know, like, I, I can't, I'm going around in circles. Just kind of put a fine point on it. I think it's a good film. It doesn't make the best use of its time and its cast, but it still has a really good cast, an okay story, and some good musical numbers as well. And the voice acting, I thought, was pretty good, too. All right. Uh, DM. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I honestly don't have that much to say about it. It's just a very middle-of-the-road uh, animated movie for me. All right. Um, Torco. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was... The, the pacing was terrible, I will say that. It was, it was very not great. Uh, and I do appreciate how the, there were two characters who reminded me of Link from the fucking Legend of Zelda animated series, both in terms of looks and their voice. And one of them was the main character, and the other was the other fairy that wanted to fuck Krista. 
Uh, yes, Pips and Zach. Uh, Zach, who is supposedly Australian, but I refuse to believe it. Jonathan Ward um, is from Maryland. <laughs> and Very Australian. You can fucking tell. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Indeed. And basically the entire movie, I was also yelling, where went Zach and Krista fuck? <laughs> Like, legitimately, the movie is horny as shit. Holy fuck. Yeah, it's... This is a movie that... Because it, it was going into... Like, going into it... It was, like, the thing I was like, oh, it's just, just going to be a movie that's, like... It's going to be one of those... It's like, oh... Uh, the movies that you watch, and it's like, oh, man, why did I think this was good as a kid? Kind of movies. It wasn't that... Uh, it's more the fact that I've been on the internet too much that has made parts of this movie... Um, interesting to say the least not even just that though like fucking chris is thirsty as shit basically the entire movie zach is that. too zach is definitely oh my god 100 percent. pip is as well also tim curry is tim curry going to suck up some smog talking about drinking mother's milk which horny is uh, smog cloud. oh my god and toxic love in and of itself Fucking Tim Curry, that entire movie just oozes raw sexuality in a way that feels almost weird, given what he is. But at the same time, like, that's, that is Tim Curry. That's, that's his... No, that's, that's what, that's he, what does, he does, I know. I mean, Frankenfurter, for fuck's sake. <laughs> fucking Rocky Horror Picture Show, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what he just said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's... Ah, Clue, everyone knows, the most sexual... <laughs> I mean, in some the horniest yeah, okay. murder mystery of them all. But yeah, um, I, I there's a lot of like really weird unresolved sexual tension that never goes anywhere. Like the most that ever happens is like I, it's a kids movie. I don't expect them to bone down, like legitimately. But also, the most that ever happens is like a really chaste kiss after a whole dance sequence. It feels fucking weird. <laughs> And then the movie just ends with Zach being like, okay, later, fuckers, I'm outie. Whatever. And stick around here. Yeah, it's great. Him just kind of going off and it's like, yeah, I, I think we got to change some things. Like, he isn't going to get fired the moment he opens his mouth going into that thing when their giant hell creature machine just got destroyed. Yeah, it's not like they're going to just give operation. up. It's not like they're yeah. going to give up on the operation. They're just going to come back. Yeah, that entire logging operation was a fucking disaster. It's his head that's on the chopping block. Him and his two buddies. Mm -hmm. by the thing is, he should have stayed around and fucked the fairy. That's all I'm saying. Lived a much better life for it. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, it's just it's messy, but that's that's fine. That's not that bad, honestly. It was perfectly fine. Uh. Robin Williams, I will honestly say, felt almost a little bit wasted on his role because he wasn't the most fit like basically he was a he was a bat that could pick up radio signals because he'd been exper experimented on by humans which was fine but it was mostly just robin williams doing a robin williams bit during the middle of a scene and, and not much else but it was also very subdued i felt like it wasn't very robin williamsy robin williams he wasn't all over the place it was just very calm yeah. it, it just it was weird because he everyone talked around him it's like half the time it's like if you think about the genie from Aladdin, like the role that he'd be kind of more famous for, like 
not this that long after this. Um, I, I shouldn't also say the most in an animated sense. Um, the genie makes sense for Robin Williams because he's a larger than life character. Like he is a fantastical like creature anyway uh, in Aladdin. Whereas he here he's like half the time doing the kind of thing that you kind of saw the genie do in Aladdin. Uh, the other half the time he's just a character. Like he's not like doing the the thing. It's like the kind of think about I, I don't know why this is a comparison I thought in my head. Uh it's like if you had uh in your movie uh Jim Carrey in it, half the time he's doing like liar liar and half the time he's doing Truman show. Where it's like yeah, it's right it's him doing his thing, but in like a not as like heavy way. Yeah, you either have him as a dramatic actor or you have him as jokey comedian. You don't have him as both. Just... Yeah, this is this is like um, not not even like I wouldn't even say genie. You'd say more like it's it was felt a lot more like Dead Poet Society, really. This performance. It's also just weird because he comes out of nowhere, and persists for the movie, which like that that's fine. But they never act. He never gets any sort of resolution. He just kind of exists to exist in the plot. Because, like, you never figure out anything about the experimentation. They never do anything about it. He's just, oh, yeah, I got experimented on. I pick up radio signals. Yeah, whatever. I hate humans except for this one person that I finally kind of warmed up to. No, he's got to fuck off, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's questionable. Once again, I need to emphasize, though, I do enjoy this movie. Like, even as a kid, I, I had the VHS for this, and I watched it pretty frequently. It's just a lot of really questionable decisions mar the movie, and it's just lackluster pacing. Also, I, I like they built Hexus up as this big thing, but ultimately they defeat him by turning off an engine. Yeah. Well, they turn off the engine, and then Krista shoves a jumps into his mouth with a seed, and then a tree sprouts. I know, but it's like the the the, the way they solve his problem is just. Ah, t turn off the engine. I mean, it's like having your main, uh, like your main villain be a personification of fire, and it's just, oh, we'll just, you know, put something on it. That's the King's Quest V method. Yeah, Hexus is just like, Hexus is a presence in his scenes and scenes alone, but the overall, like, movie, he kind of doesn't matter. He was there to personify to put a villain behind the uh the whole deforestation stuff. Yeah. Oh no. The far elemental. Oh no. Which is funny because they had the humans already. Well they didn't really need Hexus. He, let's put it this way, Hexus is easier to beat than humans. Also, if you're if we're thinking about this on like a message scale of like what your message is that they're trying to who is the villain of this message? Like, we're trying to say, hey, we as humans need to intervene more into the stopping of pollution. The villain is pollution. So Hexus is a personification of pollution, which you could have a human like be like you could have someone who's like an overseer of like the project uh, on that be like some like, oh, no, we're doing this. But I feel like like. As you kind of mentioned, like you take the the humans, like you stop the human, they're just gonna come back. The mm -hmm. thing that we're trying to stop 
or that we need to focus on is pollution itself. Yeah, you think logging companies really give a shit? But at the same time, uh, the argument, and not to get too deep into this and make this a thing, but um, I would argue that, yes, pollution is the problem, but what creates pollution? I mean, yes. I mean, yes, you could go in that route, but I think this particular movie's message was more about pollution as itself. Okay, and then it sort of pollution res- with a gun, and that sort of resolves itself with Zach telling telling the two guys that they need to make that, and it's kind of it's kind of like a, a hand wavy, uh, way of going about. It. Like, okay, he learned his lesson, but the most he says to them is, "We have to change things." Well, what do you have to change? What are you gonna change? I Problem think is, it's a children movie, like a children. I know, movie. I know. Scope is severely limited, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's. The kind of thing where it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, if you really wanted to do the message, like if pure environmental is like, yes, we need to take a look at the humans that are causing this problem. But also, you need money to make a movie. Yeah. I'm fight the greatest opponent of environmentalism of them all. Capitalism. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. It's not to get super over analytical about it. It's just a thought that I had. Oh yeah, it, yes, but yeah, um, it's fun movie. It's fun movie. Yeah, it 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 fun movie. It's there and it's gone though. Is the thing like that is? Yeah. It's there and it's gone until you watch the sequel. I Which, don't think I've ever seen the sequel. I forgot that there was a sequel. Like it's one of those things. It's like I knew it existed, but. It it just kind of it's like half those Disney sequels. It's like oh right, they did make a sequel to that. I can tell you about it. How is it compared to this one? Uh, not good. They went in a very different direction. That's not surprising. I don't. Shocker. I don't think any of the cast that worked on this one, uh, worked on that one. Yeah, because it's a completely different director. Um, just taking a very brief overview of the voice cast is like no one noteworthy. Uh, that one was, of course, direct video. Whereas this one I keep on forgetting did actually have a theatrical release. Um, but yes. Um, yes. Uh, did, uh, did you have any other thoughts, Purple? Um... Uh, neat movie, questionable pacing, very pretty, very, very pretty. It's a good looking film. I don't think we, yeah. we've really mentioned that, but it is a damn good looking film. Uh, once we get to my thoughts, I will go into potentially why that why that is the case. Don't yeah, we got to talk about song. angry. I say we got to talk about angry Disney. Uh, we could uh, probably briefly mention that that Disney okay. was super Let's, angry. Okay. That they got that this film got Robin Williams first, but uh, I I will say Axe that Tone Loke song even if it is about Vor is very good. It, it, the songs in this movie are good. They're very catchy. Yeah, for the Robin Williams rap. Yeah, even and, and that, even that right. yeah that one wasn't the worst. It could have been so much worse, but at the same time, it's Robin Williams rapping. It you can't look away from. Uh, it is. It very much reminded me of the same feeling that I'd have watching Sonic Underground. And whenever a musical thing came in on that, I kind of had to mute 
the thing because it's like I it is a level of just I hate I hate saying this because this has different connotations now when you speak this word it has real cringe energy to it like it just it it's that kind of thing it's like oh man this was done by someone who didn't really fully understand what makes this good mm-hmm. it's just like oh man I, I don't I feel bad for the person who has to sing this. But yes. Yeah, that's that's basically my thoughts. Yeah. Um yeah, like I said, I wasn't actually expecting um a whole lot of uh I wasn't expecting a whole lot out of this. Um so I actually went into this pretty pleasantly surprised. Uh, I didn't like I'm not going to say this is my favorite movie by any chance, but I'm like, I had a I had a better than like, OK, time with this. I think that this movie is pretty solid. Um, especially looking into the production behind this, uh, particularly some of the people. Uh, so this was directed by someone named Bill Croyer, who hasn't really directed a whole lot, but he has had his hand in a lot of. Uh, actually a few different pies in terms of uh, movies um, because this guy did he was actually um, responsible for the CGI in Tron. He's mostly a CGI guy. Um, did, did something called Computer Warriors which Computer Warriors The Adventure Begins which sound based off a toy line apparently uh, did the visual effects for things like the, the Green Mile uh, also, Animal Olympic. He was also the animated dire- animation director for Animal Olympics, which, if you're an animation person, uh, is something completely different than what most people like. It's a kind of an off the beaten path show uh, around 1980s that I know is kind of a cult classic. Uh, worked on like Jetsons the movie, um, Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas. Mm. <laughs> um. And actually, weirdly enough, he does actually have a video game tie-in. Uh, for some, the only game, apparently, he, he did work on a game. Uh, the only one he worked on was, uh, I think it's Pitfall the Mayan Adventure, I believe is the full name. It's that SNES and Genesis remake, or like, reboot of Pitfall. Um, that I remember seeing a lot of. Which, that movie did have, or that game did look pretty good. Uh, from what I remember, so... That makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, as we mentioned. Um, oh, also another thing. Speaking of animation, he was actually ex-Disney. Uh, worked on stuff like uh, Fox and the Hound and also Black Cauldron, which that was a movie that was very highly regarded for its animation, at least from what I remember, uh, even though I know that movie was not exactly a huge hit for Disney. Probably explains why he you know, stopped working there. Um, but we mentioned we mentioned the voice cast. Uh, I think we kind of went over uh, kind of the big hitters. Um, Samantha Mathis as Krista, this main character. Um, just some pe- uh, just a lot of like people that he was like, oh, I've, I've heard them in this. But we've kind of mentioned the big names. Um, music. I do feel like we should probably go over the music because. Uh, there's some interesting names uh, assigned to them, or that are tied to the uh, music in this. Um, as you mentioned, Tone Loke, who was a 
pretty popular musician or like had been a uh, pretty big uh, musician at that time. Very distinctive voice, um, very hard to replicate. Um, singing the song, uh, if I'm going to eat somebody or no, excuse me, if I go in, I'm going to wait. No, I think I think they fixed it in this in the Wikipedia thing. But if I remember correctly, it is actually referred to as if I'm if I'm Goanna eat, eat somebody, it might as well be you because it's funny because he's a Goanna lizard. But uh, co-written by Jimmy Buffett, which is an interesting mix. Uh, also, the other co-writer for that was uh, Michael Utney or Utley, uh, who is a former football player. Who played for the Detroit Lions? Who I guess did uh, music, um, or at least okay, at least Wikipedia links it to him. I think actually now that I'm looking at this, I think Wikipedia just messed up, and it's actually not the same person. Oh, yes, actually, it's okay. I'm gonna wiki. Okay, uh, person who did uh, the article for Fern Gully. Uh, if you go to the page that you link to and you see in the top of it for the keyboardist for Jimmy Buffett's Coral Reef Band, click this person, not the person you link to. OK, so it was co-written by the, someone who did Michael Jimmy Buffett stuff. OK, that makes sense. I was about to say, it's like weird. Why is it a football player? Well, you know, they were branching out at the time. They had football, but they were really were musically inclined. Uh, other than that, yeah, in the especially in any any sort of animated movie in which you have a romance kind of thing you have to have the two characters the two the two like people in the romance like dance sequence or like falling in love sequence kind of thing uh which in this movie is accompanied by a song by Sheena Easton which is actually pretty good because it is a Sheena Easton song after that or after all uh and then the title in like in the end or like in the credits you have an Elton John song. Uh, so, yeah, there's like some pretty good names associated to this. Um, and yeah. Um, other than that, it's just it's a very good looking movie. And it's uh, yeah, it was a fun ride. Um, yep. Uh, did anyone else have anything they want to say? Nope. What song was the Elton John song? Uh, the name of it was uh, did you do some other world? That doesn't sound familiar. I think I think it's either the opening or ending song. It's, it's late game, I think. Yeah. Late. Also, Toxic Love is a really good song. Toxic so Love is a fucking, fucking amazing good. song. It's not a good song. It's an amazing song. It's it's a yes. The lyric first off, it's got good lyrics. The lyrics are. And the, the, the melody, it's catchy. It's it's just, it's good. It's, it's fucking Tim Curry just giving all of his sexual energy into the song. And then on top of that, it is such a well-animated sequence of just this ball of sludge turning into like a skeleton and then just straight up turning into the smog monster. It's just really great from start to finish, the whole sequence. I love him. I love him drinking mama's milk. Just the noises. I don't know if that was actually Tim Curry doing like the the vocal, the vocalizations, but it's just, it's great. 
And it's, su- it's, it, it's such a shame that Hexus isn't in the movie more. Yeah. Yep. Uh, any other thoughts? No, that's in my piece. I think I'm good. All right. I think in that case, I think we're good to rank this then. Um, so in that case, uh, we are going to rank this using our normal 1 to 21 scale, uh, with 1 being absolute mastercraft, uh, 21 being absolute garbage, don't even like fun ironically to watch. Um, so Axe, what would you give Fern Gully the Lost Ring for us? Honestly, I'd put it at like an 8 or a 9. All right. Uh, 8 or 9, let me write that down. Do. Uh, DM. Um, 12. All right. Turbo. I think 8 is a good solid spot for it. All right. Um, well. Uh, in that case, that actually puts me kind of directly in the middle because um, my thoughts were generally in the 9 to 10 range. Uh, I think it's better than average. Uh, so I wouldn't, I would say it's like better than like Charlie Brown or Little Nemo, uh, but kind of in that range of like the stuff that's in 9 to 10. Uh, so if we kind of average it out, I mean, 9 showed up quite a bit in ours. Uh, so let's just kind of start with nine and kind of work our way up or down. So let's see. In nine, uh, we have Flash Gordon, uh, the season one of Mega Man, the Sonic OVA, uh, the Pirates of Dark Water, Tokyo Shire Soul Brain, Tron, and East 2. Not an East 2. Especially Pirates of Dark Water is kind of sticking out to me as it's kind of something that I felt like I had the same enjoyment of that. Um, I wouldn't put it too much higher than those, but I think as like, I think the highest we went was eight. Oops. Uh, which just to go over the stuff we have an eight, uh, we have the OVA of area 88, Digimon, the movie, uh, loop on the third secret of Mamo, roller games, sweet home. And the first season of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I could kind of see this being up with, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, any thoughts, Robo? I mean, as I said, I, I think eight, but like nine's fine by me too. Like I, I have no particularly strong feelings on this one. Eight or nine though are fine by me. They're both solid spots for it. Something about this feels more nine-ish to me than eight, because especially I'm looking at the stuff in eight, and I feel like there's a lot more stuff in eight that I'd say that I'd rather watch than uh, Fern Gully versus stuff in nine, which I kind of feel a lot of it is kind of the same kind of the same kind of vibe to it. Uh, Because I'm like, I'm looking at stuff like uh, Area 88 88 OVA and like Digimon the movie and like the first season of Teenage Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I feel like those are a bit more solid experiences than Ferngully was. Uh, At least to me, especially also Sweet Home. Uh, Whereas 9, I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of equivalent kind of feelings in that like especially like Mega Man season one uh Tron uh East 2 I kind of feel like this is kind of in nine-ish territory and once again I'm I'm fine no matter what like I have no particularly strong feelings but like eight or nine is solid for me yeah I mean I I'm leaning towards eight personally but I literally have no nothing to back up why and you you've got a pretty solid argument for nine so I can't really or are you against it? All right. Uh, so let's go with nine. Because also then. 
we're not sitting here arguing over finite details for 30 yeah, minutes. No. Um, okay, so let me just get some of the... Okay, this should be episode 77, I think. Uh, and this came out in 1992. Um, Bill Coyer. Uh, this was a theatrical release, even though... <laughs> Like I mentioned, a lot of the people that I knew that watch this, this was a theatrical or the V this was a VHS movie for me. Uh, this is definitely a kid's movie. Um, I wonder if at some point if I do, because I, I think at some point I need to add more to the tone list. I, f I wonder if, especially if we're doing tones that are more for me, Delta, I wonder if I'm going to need one for like has a message. So I feel like that that's kind of its own genre. Um, but what what I have right now, I could say it's kind of that uh, it's kind of whimsical, I'd probably say. I think that's oh, that's not that's not that's not whimsical. That's a uh, churn. There you go. Uh, unless because I don't think I have anything in the tones that are kind of the same or that kind of feel like it matches. So I think we're going to go one school for now. Uh, no content. Nothing really needs to get mentioned, even though we we mentioned that there was some stuff. That's it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so is there anything we want to call out in music, charm, cinematography, storytelling, action and art? Music is good. It also looks really good. Yep. I would agree with those two. Um, charm, I actually... There are charming bits this movie, although I don't feel like this movie as a whole has charm to it because there's actually kind of not irritating things, but there's a lot of just standard cartoon of the era kind of feeling. Like, especially, I feel like a lot of the other characters of the fairy group uh, are actually kind of annoying, like especially Pip. Oh, you'll think... love the sequel then. Great. He's the main character. Great. No good. Um, but yeah, I don't feel like charm really fits. Cinematography, like, it's looks good, but I don't think any of the other, like, I don't think there's anything else that stands out. I don't think it's bad. I don't think anything stands out. Uh, the storytelling is, like, the story is fine. Yeah. An uh, action is fine. Uh, yeah or nay? Um... What do we have for uh, doesn't make best use of its time? I don't know. Let me look at the charms and see what we got. Um, uh, I don't know. I could say length or pacing. Mm. Pace feels sluggish. Mm, it's no, not that it's, it's sluggish. It's that it just doesn't. Like like with Hexus, you, you only see a bit of him, and there should have been a lot more of him. Robin uh, Williams, they didn't do enough with his character. And like Torpid mentioned, there's no resolution for Batty. Batty's just Batty. He showed up, he helped, and we move on. There's wasted potential, which I could put in that. Yeah, I could see just like there is some wasted potential in it. I think that of what we got right now, I feel like that's kind of the best solution. But yes, I agree that yes, there is a lot of things that it could have been, could have actually been just slightly longer. We could have had more tone local lizard. I mean, come on. 
Um, other than that, I can't really think of much because it's just a it's a it's a movie. That's a solid film. So, yep, yeah, there's Uh It is a one of those very often referenced movies, or like if you think of like '90s kids movies. Yeah, I feel like that's like one of the most known. Other than like the other ones I can think of, are like we're back. For some reason, that's the other one that I just think uh, of. Yes. A dinosaur story. Actually, actually, I should mention uh, that the version that I got. Actually, I think I put it away. Um, the version that I got was a Blu-ray three uh, three pack, mm-hmm. uh, which also included Thumbelina and Anastasia in it. Oh God, Anastasia! That movie uh, is so fucking weird. Yeah, those other two movies are Don Bluth movies, so I wonder if the people who just put that together is like, oh, it's close enough. Because, yeah, I mean, we looked at we looked at Secret of Nim, but Don Bluth's and other works maybe not of that ilk. Also, um, thinking of, uh, like, uh, 90s films, uh, there are some Land Before Time games. Yes, they're Land Before Time, that and uh, Land Before Time 7000. I think uh, there's 16 films in the franchise right now. I kind of, you say that, oh my god, I, I feel like that's actually, uh, like, if you said, if you asked me how many Land Before, Land Before Time movies there were, I could have sworn there was at least going to be 19. By the way, though. But yes. Um, that'll do it uh, for this. So, uh, before we move on to what we are taking a look at next, uh, X, is there anything you want to plug? Um, the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network. All right, uh, DM. Well, you enjoyed my minimal presence here. Uh, uh, my uh, Twitch channel follow twitch.tv slash deafmaster780. All right. Uh, Turbo. Uh, thank you. Um, uh, twitch.tv slash turpotypist and at turpotypist on Twitter. I would like to plug the gaping hole in my budget left by the destruction of my giant deforestation machine. Yes. Hello there. Uh, Future Lolo here um, with a slight change of schedule. Uh, Originally, we were planning to do the movie Around the World, um, a movie starring uh, Puss in Boots, the mascot for Toei Animation. Um, However, it has come to light recently, with this being Pride Month, that um, Toei Animation is currently involved with some litigation involving some a... I believe it is a trans uh, worker there that they are really screwing them over, uh, especially regarding to union negotiations. Um, and with that story kind of coming to light, uh, and the fact that I kind of wasn't really looking super forward to look, watching that movie anyway, um, we are making a slight change to the schedule in the fact that uh, we are not going to be watching that movie. Uh, we are instead going to be watching Golgo 13 The Professional next week, or next, uh, next uh, episode. Um, so, uh, with that, just want to let you know that, uh, originally we were saying that we're not watching the movie we were intended to do, so, yeah, there's my message from the future. Alright, so, uh, anyway, uh, again, thank you all for listening, and enjoy your time. Bye. Bye. Bye.
If you would like to see the list in which we have ranked every single thing we've done for Media Delta, you can go to r3.ldp.life in your browser. If you'd like to watch the sister show that determines what could show up on Media Delta, that's RetroRank Rhapsody, you can watch it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash or on YouTube at youtube.ldp.life. If you would like to discuss this episode with others, please join our Discord server by going to discord.ldp.life in your browser, which should give you a link. Thank you again for listening.